Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Wednesday night, we are right back in your lives two days after our last show. I told you it is going to be coming at you hot and heavy this week. Because training camp kicks off on Sunday. So we got four shows lined up for you this week. Tons of Buffalo Bills content. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Value Home Centers. Got the read up on my phone. Rookie move here. I couldn't get it up on my screen. But customers can shop anytime at valuehomecenters.com. Buy online, pick up today, or find a huge selection of products that ship to your local store from our warehouse, our warehouse, Values Warehouse for free. Um, I... I was up against the gun. I had to get back to the house by 8.30. I pushed it back a little bit. I did get here just in the nick of time. But then my headphones, it's all a mess. It always is. What's up, Ryan Tabot? How are you, buddy? Hey, doing great. Understand where you're coming from. We had a soccer game here, racing home after. But uh, glad to be here. Glad to have Jenna on the show tonight. Looking forward to it. Yes, that's where we're going next. Jenna Cottrell from 13 Wham in Rochester. Speaking of games, you're going to have a home game here coming up the next three weeks for the first time in three years. Training camp back in Rochester. We got to start there. Yeah. How just absolutely excited are you for the comfort of training camp in Rochester back? I mean, I'm incredibly biased, obviously, living in Rochester, but I'm just so excited, A, for the fans. I mean, this is really an up-close view for them, excuse me, to get to see the superstars that are now on the Bills. Obviously, training camp hasn't been back in Rochester since 2019, so there's been that break. Something happened in the world, obviously, with COVID, Um, but I think it's going to be just awesome to see, and I'm loving it because it's a six minute drive from my apartment as opposed to the hour and 26 minute drive to orchard park. Uh, so it'll be nice for me, but I know that means you guys will probably be staying in the dorms. So I know that I'm very fortunate, but I'm looking forward to everyone coming to Rochester to check out and see the city and get to see, you know, a taste of what it's like here because I know there's so many bills fans out there. We are going to get way into all of that here over the next 30 minutes. Um, I think I want to start there though with, with dorm life, because a lot of people say it the way that you just said it. It's like dorm life. Well, first of all, I didn't go when I went to college, I was a commuter, so I didn't stay on campus. Yeah. So this is kind of like my college experience, right? Like I get to go and like live on the, uh, on the, well, we'll call it a cot, right? I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a Excel will feel like a cot. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Some people like go with the double mattress. They take the other mattress off and put it on. Yeah. That helps absorb a little bit of the springiness. <laughs> it's really springy. And, but I just love that. It's like a, a one-stop shop for us 
for three weeks. Like every for you, it's I can't even imagine living yeah. your life when it comes to covering the Bills back and forth from Rochester all season long. For me, 20 minutes, Snyder to Orchard Park on the daily grind of it, back and forth, coming back for the podcast, going back, writing, trying to fit stuff in. Ryan's usually waiting for me. It's tough. So it's nice to have everything there for three weeks. Yeah, I will say that's the one great part is you can really, you can go to practice, you can talk to the players you want to talk to, you can kind of get your work done. I will say like, I'm, it's so ingrained in me to drive to Orchard Park for anything we cover normally with the Bills that like, I don't recognize that three hours a day in the car. Like I love it kind of because I catch up on my podcast. I can talk to my friends, my family. Um, But that being said, like camp, I think is just such a great opportunity. And I feel like for the players too, like, yeah, they don't want to stay in dorms, but at the same point, like they're pimp, like the dorm rooms are really nice. What they do, they have, you know, their PlayStations, their Xbox, they have the full size fridge, the regular size bed, all that stuff. But I think it's just such a great opportunity because like for us, even the reporters, like we'll all get together after a practice and we'll go out to a bar, which I have plenty of those things that we can talk about later, the spots <laughs> to check out in Rochester. Um, but I really think it kind of sets the tone for the season. And I, I just, I love it because it kind of has that college feel to it in a way, you know, like training camp going away. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be really exciting. And I know fans are so ready to be able to see this team up close and personal. Yeah. So, so Jenna, what is the vibe like in Rochester right now, knowing that camp is just a few days away? Yeah. I mean, everyone is so excited. You can kind of feel it when you're walking around. There's some signs out there, just Bills fans. Obviously the tickets sold out very quickly online. Um, but it reminds me of like, you know, when we're in season and there's that, that buzz on game day, it's kind of the same around here. It, checking out Pittsburgh, like people are just so ready to see what things will be. Um, so I think it's it's going to be something that's special, especially since we've had this break. And David's question, you know, the campus is very flat, and if there are um, you know certain spots, I would imagine though they've kind of they've mapped it out. They, this is the great thing is they've had camp here many a time before, mm-hmm. so they have the access that's necessary for everyone to get to enjoy and get to see. I will say a lot of times the Bills will practice on a further field away than like when Rex Ryan was running camp, it used to be right in the stadium. Whereas Sean McDermott has had a tendency when he's had camp to have stuff in the further fields. But at the same point, I feel like this is really a great opportunity and the bills really take advantage of signing a lot of autographs and taking time after practice and really getting to a lot of kids as well as, you know, diehard fans, which we know there'll be plenty of coming up. Um, But I think they do a good job running everything excuse me. And just, they've, they've done it before. They know how it goes. So I think that's a great thing. It's not like a whole new location, whole new setup. It's pretty streamlined in terms of things like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jenna, but I think both of those fields have some type of ramp access, like on the one bleacher side. Yes. Yes, okay. they do. Okay. To so my knowledge, which I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I want to say yes. You know, if you're going to go to someone, they have the staff there to help and to facilitate in any way possible. You know, they right. want to make sure that everyone can see. Um, so I know that'll be a priority for the staff involved as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I only did two years, 19 and 18, before things kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned that the staff there is robust. I mean, they have people yeah. everywhere. And all you have to do is walk up to one of them, David. And I think that they'll help you out. Uh, we got another super chat here. This is a function that we're just kind of getting used to, Jenna. I know okay. that over on Buffalo Plus, uh, I don't know if you guys are have, have gotten the uh, super chats in yet. We're still 
It's confusing. We have not. I don't even okay. really know what it is. Oh, okay. So people can like, first of all, before we get to the, what super chats are, if you, I'm sure everybody here already knows, and I should have promo this at the beginning, go check out the Buffalo plus YouTube channel, Thank the you, Buffalo yeah. plus podcast, Dan Fates, Mike Catalana, Jenna do an excellent job uh, covering the team from Rochester. Uh, I listen to it whenever I can. You guys do. I like the dynamic too. I mostly like when you make fun of Dan, like those are like one of my most enjoyable clips moments you're not the first person to tell me that dan he is he's our glue guy i think because he has enough opposing opinions to keep things spicy and that's like truly how he thinks and all those things so we have a lot of fun um so we always appreciate thank you for that buffalo plus we really enjoy but also your podcast like i feel like fans it's such an awesome opportunity for fans because there's so many great outlets covering the bills and getting a great perspective so i would highly recommend checking out a bunch because there's plenty of great reporters out there and you know there's so much bills content and i know nationally there's so much more on the bills now but like come on i think i think (laughs) we're incredibly biased again but like we are there day to day and can really give Mm -hmm. those updates that people really want to want to know the behind the scenes kind of stuff 100 and i'll tell you a little bit more about the super chat uh after the show get you kind of what we've learned (laughs) we're still learning about it basically people can pay money uh, to make comments. And so their comments oh, okay. really stick out on the side. So uh, go ahead, Ryan, uh, you can go to the next one here. We'll take it. If you got to, Hey, listen, even if it's not off script, if you've got something you want to talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll work it in. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pitch it to you too. Uh, do you think that the bills have a good enough vertical threat at wide receiver? I think that's an interesting question because I feel like when you've looked historically at this team, uh, Josh Allen as quarterback, you think of guys like John Brown, players like that, that kind of were able to have some of that speed option. And then I also think of Josh Allen and how the talk was as he was coming up of, you know, can he throw the deep ball, that type of stuff. But I think when you look at this year's roster, um, you have the guys like Stephon Diggs, obviously, and Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, but I think there are questions about this receiving core just because uh, where they're at. I mean, like if you look around the NFL, obviously we know Bills fans are very passionate about their feeling about how good this wide receiving core is. But when you look and compare it to other teams, there are question marks there. So that being said, good enough vertical threat at wide receiver. I think you can always get better. I think I'm curious to see what a guy like Isaiah Hodgins and some of these players that we really haven't gotten to see what they could add to this offense. Um, you always want a burner. You can always get a guy faster. So I, I'm, I want to see. And that's one of the things that I feel like I'm really going to hone in at camp because when you look at this roster, there are so many set in stone players starters that you're like, okay, we know who this guy's going to be. And this guy's going to be, but that, that bottom half of the receiving core, I really want to see how things work out with that, because that is one of the things that we don't know heading into this year amongst other positions. So that is something that I think they can always get better at. And I think training camp will be a great opportunity to kind of assess where they are at heading into this season, because there's a lot of talent there, but how will things play out? I think the emergence of Gabriel Davis is going to unlock their deep passing game a little bit more and take some of the eyes off of Stefan Diggs, which I think teams were really locked in on him last year. Yeah. Most of his damage in 2020, you know, he was great at all three levels, but he was doing a lot of damage down the field. There was a lot of deep plays, you know, those 20 or plus yard throws where Josh Allen's numbers skyrocketed in that department. Diggs was a big reason why. Um, John Brown missed most of that season. So a lot of the downfield work came from Diggs. That kind of scaled back last year. I think if you look at the rest of this receiver room, Hodgins is definitely an interesting one. I think Marcus Stevenson, if you if you talk yeah. about like, you know, his 
40, 50 yard speed. If you put him up against all the receivers in the room, he might beat all of them. And so maybe that could be a role for him. If it's not like a every down type of situation, which let's be honest, I mean, behind all the guys that he's behind, it's going to be tough to earn a role like that. Maybe he can add a dimension to them when he gets on the field in terms of the downfield, you know, um, passing game. Yeah, and, and I'll throw in Tavon Austin as well because I, I think there's an avenue for him to make this roster as a punt returner, and if he can make the roster from that perspective, you can get him on the field for a few snaps, possibly just try to stretch the field, whereas you two mentioned Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis getting a lot of the attention in the passing game, Dawson Knox as well. That could open things up on a few plays per game for someone to try to stretch the field. All right, so... I want you, you talked a little bit about Jenna, just uh, how excited people in Rochester are about this. What is the vibe right now? Because it's like you go from every year you expect to host this, you know, huge event. And then it's gone for a couple of years. Now it's coming back. Like, are we talking about, you know, are you seeing it on the streets? Are people super excited about just what this means for the town? Yeah, I think for sure, because there was so much uncertainty, like we knew the contract was kind of coming up a couple years ago and it was like, are they going to renew it? Are they going to just completely go away from training camp at Fisher? Because let's be real in the NFL, it's now there's not many teams that have their training camp away, especially when you have the facilities like the Bills do have. So I think you can just kind of you can feel that level of people just loving the fact that they're going to be back here in Rochester. Mm -hmm. And I I will say, and I I mentioned it before, but you know, there are so many fans in Western New York. And I, I feel like some people, Bill's fans know that there's a lot of fans in Rochester, but I think not only is it great to have camp in a different secondary market, but also just the access is every day. You're getting to see practices. You're getting to see stars. You're getting that much more kind of face-to-face time. So I think it's just a really cool, exciting opportunity for fans that, you know, have, have maybe they can't afford to go to a game or they can't spend that much time at a game or things like that, other extenuating circumstances. So I really think camp kind of bridges that access. So I just, and there's going to be this level of Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Vaughn Miller, like there are huge names at Fisher for the longest time. There, you know, there, it was like, who's going to be the QB? <laughs> you know, when the Bills were, I remember my first year covering the Bills, it was like Matt Castle versus Terod Taylor. Like, you're like, I'm not really sure. Now you know who the players are, you know who the stars are. And it's just to be able to have that level of being right there in front of you is going to be really, really cool for the fans. Yeah, and that's actually kind of where I was going to go with that because uh, for many years, you said it was Kevin Cobb slipping on a mat and it, and it was other quarter, you know, EJ yeah. Manuel throwing EJ the ball. EJ Manuel hitting the hospitality hit tent. Hospitality <laughs> tent and, uh, but now you have a Super Bowl roster, the Super Bowl favorites going into this season. Yeah. So what does that do in terms of the excitement level? I mean, you mentioned it earlier. Tickets were off of Ticketmaster within minutes. And obviously there are some errors there on that website. We don't have to get into that, but it was, it's a craze right now. Fans are trying to sell tickets on the secondary market, which shame on them. It's training camp. It's free. Uh, But what does it mean for, for Rochester and and for the city to have a Super Bowl favorite or contending team coming in here after a few years absence? You can just feel it. You can. I mean, I feel like anyone who covers the Bills, who is a fan of the Bills, like this year just feels different. There's all those sky high expectations. And I think for it to start in Rochester is just a really amazing thing for so many reasons, because there's so many Bills fans here, because like I talked about the access. Um, and I think like Rochester really, 
wants to shine. I mean, I'm really excited for you guys to get here because I know you've, you've been here before, but at the same point, there are just so many great spots and I'm, I, I want everyone to learn about the secret gem that is Rochester. And I think through having Bill's camp here once again, it'll just be, it's going to be awesome. I know I sound like a broken record, but I just think it's such a great experience for so many people out there to get to have this ability to go to camp and to like you said, the tickets are free. I know some people had issues getting tickets and that was a nightmare for a lot of people. But at the same point, it's just a unique special opportunity. And when a lot of other teams don't have the same thing, I just think it's another thing that kind of sets the bills apart and kind of that hometown feel that we all in the area really appreciate about the team. You mentioned just the star power. And that was one of the things I did want to talk about. Um, and we'll get to it later. But I think it's... It's interesting, like take Josh Allen out of the equation because what is about to happen with him at this training camp is maybe the biggest thing in franchise history. I mean, this is the bona fide, if not number one quarterback or player in the NFL, he's he's definitely in the thick of the conversation. As good as Jim Kelly ever was at his height, at his peak. It was never like this. There was always Elway. There was always so different now too. It's so right, one hundred percent. But I'm wondering, Von Miller and Stephon Diggs, where did they rank for you guys? Because like Lashawn McCoy was a superstar when he got to Buffalo, right? Like you could tell there was a certain hype around him when there was or um, autograph signings for him. It was it was a big time, big deal. But I think that there's an argument to me that definitely Miller, but Diggs too. I, I think they're bigger stars. Yeah. I just, I think that to me is the real difference from training camps in the past to now is just the ascension of the team and what, what, how long will those autograph lines be? They were already really long, but when you have guys like Von Miller, super multiple Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famer, a guy like Stefan Diggs, like it's just going to be, I feel like everything's going to be turned up a notch. And I think it's great for the fans too, because like we talked about, I mean, there's been some pretty subpar mediocre bills teams that have come mm. through Fisher. And this is kind of the new chapter, the new era of this team. And, you know, you can have a lot of training camps. Rochester's hosted a lot before, but to have the guys that they have now on this roster and just what that means is just unbelievable in terms of where this team has come. And even it's funny for me, like, you know, when I first started covering the Bills, Rex Ryan was the head coach and I'd be like, oh yeah, I cover the Bills and people would be like, oh, how was that? <laughs> and now it's like, oh, how is that? Do you talk to Josh Allen? And I'm right. like, yeah, we get to interview him. And like, it's everyone. It's my friend's mothers, my, you know, all my, my guy friends, my girl, like it's everyone who's just like, this team, that's unbelievable. Your job must be so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty dope. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jenna, you called the Rochester a, a hidden gem a few minutes ago. So yeah. when fans are there for the day, training camp wraps up, what are some things for them to do? Restaurants to check mm-hmm. out? What should they, maybe two or three must stops for them if they have time uh, in a daily basis in Rochester? I'm showing my phone. And my screen is very <laughs> dirty, but I wrote wow, down that's some a, spots. That's a legend. All right. Can we get a post on Wham that we can point okay. people to for this? You just upload I will, your list. I might do a uh, yeah. I might do a notes app. It's that important. Okay. Um, Beautiful. No, I I love food more than I think I love sports. And I what I love about Rochester is there's so many great spots and like 
great food. Like, I don't like when people are pretentious about food. Like, oh, you have to go to this really nice restaurant. Like, you can have great food anywhere. And I think that's one of the, the amazing things about Rochester. If we're talking bars, um, Salinger's is one of my favorite places. These are a lot more like, I'll put out a full list that's like kind of has everything, but Salinger's mm-hmm. is really fun. They have Papa Shot. They have, you know, drinks. There's a pool table, stuff like that. Thirsty's is like an institution in Pittsburgh. It's a very, very small bar. You got to check it out. It's right next door to Hungry's, which is a place that serves food. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Hungry's and Thirsty's. Yeah. There's um, anywhere really on Park Ave. So I live in the Park Ave neighborhood. And if you want to grab a bite to eat, you want to walk around, you want to get an ice cream, you, which this is how I live my life. Um, <laughs> so if you, you'll probably see me out there. Um, but anywhere on Park Ave is really a great spot. There's great breweries here. I know there's great breweries, obviously in Buffalo and the surrounding areas. Jenny I got to call, I got to call out a spot on Park Ave. Oh, okay. The- what is it? Elite tacos at Dorado. Yes. I, w- I must admit my buddy works there. Okay. He, um, he is, he does the tequila shots at the Pinto Ron tailgate. Oh, I met him cause he's a huge UFC fan. So I oh, met okay, him yeah. back when I was working there and he, when I started covering the bill, he's like, yeah, come into the bar, check it out. Tacos were just like next level, great so little good. vibe, but you're right. Anywhere on that little strip there. Is yeah. Like it's, if you've been down there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's so many restaurants. There's so many places you can pop in. Uh, the coconut margaritas there mm. are unreal. So good. Oh, side note. What do we think about regular margaritas versus frozen? I've had frozen now like multiple times and it's tough for me to go back to regular. What? No, I don't like frozen. Really? I don't don't like frozen margaritas. Love frozen margaritas. Is that like a hot take? Is that a bad take? I just feel like you, you can't taste like the bite of the tequila, which I guess I like. Okay. I like the slushy factor, Ryan. Okay, that's that, you know, okay. that's fair. All right. All They're right. not I'm my a huge child. I'm a oh, huge child. I can tell you, I like the snow cone one. Um <laughs> Marge's is right on the water. That's also a great spot. I feel like you guys have been there. Maybe. Which one is the spot where you kind of go out in the sand? It feels like a beach. That's Marge's. Okay. Yeah, that was that's very a, cool. That's very a fun cool. spot. Um I'm trying to think of other places that I have here. Oh, great breweries. Uh Jenny Brew House is the one. You might have seen pictures. It kind of overlooks High Falls. There's like a waterfall in the middle of downtown. K2 Brewing is one of my favorite spots. They have a bunch of great beers, great food. Jenny Brew House has great food too. They have a uh, Buffalo Chicken Pierogies, which I highly recommend mm. at Jenny Brew House. Uh but K2 great food, great beer outside. They have a bunch of like bonfire pits they have cornhole i am like a sucker for any outdoor game like if we can add a competition to drinking i'm going to be immediately invested in that um pittsford pub is another spot that's like a really popular hangout after bill's camp because they have a nice patio they have a full kitchen donnelly's is another spot it's a little bit oh, away but is, it has really you guys great are getting wings. the goods here man this oh my is God. great I'm intel. you and then uh, for dinner, my favorite place in Rochester is called Good Luck. Just like great vibes. It's like a you walk in and you can just, I don't know. It's its shareable plates. It's really good food. Kind of an eclectic menu, which I appreciate. Ice cream, Pittsburgh Dairy. Yeah, I was going to say that place looks yeah. just Do delicious. you guys have I, Abbott's too? 
Um, no, but I've no? been okay. because it's in Rochester, right? Okay, yeah. Abbott's frozen custard, also amazing. Very good. And then uh coffee slash lunch lunch spots, village bakery, great sandwiches and salads, cafe sasso, which is my favorite place. And then mellow coffee and kitchen. They have a spicy egg BLT that will change your life. Wow. So I'll post the full list. And this is just spots that I really enjoy going to. But like the way I like to enjoy my off time is by eating and drinking. <laughs> hey, Jenna, you know, for yard games, recently played something called yard pong. And there's like these big cylinders and you get like a volleyball. And it's it's, really? it's like beer pong, but like you put yeah. it out in the yard and you're okay. it, it's pretty fun. So that'd be something entertaining. I'd now, Love you that. know, I think Matt just cannot wait to get there and have a garbage play. Where should he go? Okay. To get look at that face he's making. He will not come on. Oh, you don't yeah. like oh, no, that. it's already done. I mean, Danger and Bataglia haven't shut up about this for four months. It's been okay. a four-month build. Well, I should say mostly Gene. Danger kind of he doesn't want to witness what what's probably gonna happen. I'm gonna puke. Let's be honest. That, no, it's, you're like not gonna- mm-hmm. it's like 2,500 calories, Jenna. They're just sitting there staring you in the face. Okay, you don't have to eat all of it. (laughs) It's it's really like you you can put the fork down whenever. Okay, so I when I got to Rochester, someone was explaining to me a garbage plate, and I was like, that's disgusting. I will never eat that. And then I just realized I don't like the meat hot, the meat hot sauce, like just not a big fan of that. But um, in terms of plates, I like Dogtown Hots. Mm. Um, that's nearby me. Everyone, I feel like, has their spot, though. Like, it's like a very niche thing. Every neighborhood has their Hots place. Um, there's this place called the Winfield Grill. They have a buffalo bite plate. That is so good. It's like buffalo chicken with, like, French fries, mm. mac All salad, right. and blue cheese. That is amazing. It's like... It's craveable. Like I'll drive by there and I'm like, damn, I want to stop. Like it's really, really good. <laughs> I think this is one of those things where you shouldn't knock it until you try it. But so I and tell me if this is gonna be a problem because I, you know, those like kid plates, I have them for my kids. Oh, you don't like when your food mixes. Right. Like I kind of like everything not touching. And it's not like if I have chicken and broccoli, like if I'm just making it, like of course it's gonna be on top of each other. I I bag it together in the fridge and warm it up together. But like, I don't know, like the idea of just meat and and French fries and I don't know. Oh my God. With sauce. Yeah. See, I'm like a big proponent of like, like I like to eat my food in a bowl. Cause it's like, it's like a party. Everyone should mix it up. You know, that's, that's my thought process <laughs> on it. But no, I think you will actually enjoy it. I would try it without meat hot first. Okay. Because the meat hot, I feel like can kind of like, it's a very, powerful it's like a meat chili sauce and some places have like cinnamon and nutmeg and things like that in it they're like personally i love all food i'm just not like i just don't really like the meat hot sauce so if you have like you can also do a chicken finger plate you can do like you know what i mean you can really mix it up and make it your own that's what i love about like a garbage plate and i'm telling you when you're like a couple beers deep and you see that sign that says hot's place you're gonna you're gonna be like yeah Tell the Uber driver going right there. It's really, it is really good, but it's not the, like you won't feel amazing about yourself after. (laughs) You're not going to be like, that was an awesome decision. Okay. You will, you'll, you'll be happy in the moment. We'll put it. Okay. All right. So it's going to happen. I've already agreed to it. So I will give a full report after, after the deed is done. All right. Before we get you out of here, let's get to football for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's start with, 
what you're going in, like zeroed in on the most, like, what do you think, like looking at this team now, mm-hmm. there's not like, we've talked about it, right? Like doing a 53 man roster projection for this team is boring because yeah. you yeah. got three or four names that are kind of in the mix, right? Uh, everything else seems like it's kind of figured out. So what are you looking for the most when you get there Sunday? And then obviously when the pads come on. I'm just kind of curious how this team will handle the expectations of this season. And I don't know if that's something we'll see. I feel like that'll be kind of like a maturation thing through camp, but this bills like the bills haven't had pressure like this in a very long time. I know a couple years ago, they kind of came out of nowhere last year. It was like, Oh, okay, we'll see if Josh Allen can really take that step. And then now this year, I mean, we have bonafide superstars, Vaughn Miller joining the team. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on Josh Allen, but also on Sean McDermott and the coaching staff. So I want to see how they approach that level of things and to see if I see it and feel like a different kind of vibe with the team. You know, they've always been so homegrown, you know, like, like, you know, very down to earth. I want to, I'm curious if that will change because of the expectations changing and things along that line. Um, Because yeah, the roster is kind of boring. Um, I'm curious to see what Kyrie Elam will look like. I mean, we don't really know the status of Trey White, how he is doing. Um, You know, there's Dane Jackson as well. But as a first round pick, there's a tremendous amount of pressure that comes with that. I want to kind of see where he's at at camp. And then I'm curious to see about James Cook. I mean, look, he's going to look great darting through the backfield without any pressure. But I feel like the Bills running back situation, obviously Devin Singletary kind of found a groove at the end of last year. But at the same point, I think it'd be silly for them not to kind of want to boost that position and have more effective play from that spot. So those are kind of the things I'm looking out for. But just in general, we were talking about actually on the Buffalo Plus podcast of like, are the expectations of being Super Bowl champs a good thing or a bad thing for the Bills? And Mike, Dan and I kind of disagreed on where we saw things. But I mean, this year is... There's just so much on the line. And obviously we know in the NFL, the window is very short. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that will affect even the mood and the vibe of training camp. And if there will be anything that kind of feels different. One thing so, real quick, Ryan, before we get to that final uh, talking point, because I think some of the stuff that you just brought up is really interesting because like we did a show on Monday talking about, we had a full segment about how are Bills fans handling the hype, right? But like, yeah. At the same time, how the team handles it is going to be more important. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the the thing that's interesting about last year's team, and I know it's year to year, like you talk to coach, you talk to a player, they're going to tell you how much year to year. You can't really extrapolate too much based yeah. off what happens. It's going to be a different team. But I do think that the core of this team going through the real rut that they were in mid, midway through the season last yeah. year, win-loss, win-loss, the loss to Jacksonville, the really – bad moments of the middle of that season, the way they turn it on, the way that they finish the season, I think that the the core on both sides of the ball, they have this ability now or this confidence level that no matter what happens in a game, we feel like we have enough talent to win. And now yes. they have more talent on both sides of the Correct. ball. Correct. I agree with that. My question is, is, or my thought process was, was the fact that, you know, with the Super Bowl expectation, I think people equate that to perfection. And as we know, there's no such thing as perfection in the NFL. Mm. There are always, and you mentioned it. I mean, some of the issues losing to Jacksonville, embarrassingly so. Like there's going to be ruts that happen throughout the season. I completely believe that this Bills team has the confidence and the talent to get through all those things. But, you know, when you have a guy like Ken Dorsey kind of taking over, will we see a regression? 
I think outside the narrative will be kind of more panic if there we do see that inside the room. I think it'll be a different feel, but you know, I, I think this team is mature and they're prepared to handle the ups and downs of a season. I'm just curious or interested to see if things don't go exactly according to plan, how the reaction outside the locker room will be. But I mean, I have the utmost confidence in this team. I, I really do. And I think that there's so much that they can learn from last year and take from last year, even though there are some new faces out there. But I mean, pressure is tough. Like, let's be real. When you're expecting a Super Bowl win, like it's a long season. There's a lot that can go on. And I mean, Josh Allen has always raised the bar every year that he's been in the NFL. At some point, is that still even possible? You know what I mean? Like he's obviously a fantastic player and I expect an MVP caliber season once again, but it's hard to win it all in the NFL. And when your expectation is to win it all going in, it's funny because we talked about, I mean, I feel like Bill's fans for the longest time were like, it's our year. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And obviously a lot of that was like ingest. But now that With that's Trent actually, Edwards, they were saying it. Yeah, exactly. But now when it's I was one the of them case, back then. Yeah. When it, now it's actually the case. It's like, oh, this feels different. Right. This will be different. So, look, I still think I still am picking them to win the Super Bowl. But Ryan, I'd like your thought on this because I think one thing that will help this year's version of the Bills is an open locker room and now Von Miller to share the load with Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. I feel like the the weight of the responsibility on the defensive side of the ball with the media uh, and just taking credit or praise or criticism for good or bad games, it, it can get spread out a little bit more. And now Vaughn, he's a guy that's seen everything in this league. I think it yeah. takes a lot of pressure off a lot of those other guys. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and listen, I felt bad at times last year for Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I felt like they were the two that were always thrown out there on those Zooms post game. Um, so you're right. Now you have Von Miller and getting yeah, dirty old Jerry Sullivan in their grill. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. But you even have some younger guys that need to start stepping up uh, in terms of meeting with the media, talking about things. I get that there are some guys that just aren't uh, very talkative. They don't have a lot to say, so to speak. But Edmonds has been here long enough. You got to get Milano out there from time to time. Even a young guy like Greg Rousseau. It, it, you can't keep throwing the same two guys out there. And you're right, though. Von Miller, first and foremost, having someone that has that that pedigree, two Super Bowl titles to his name, looking for a third, uh, that will certainly help. So, Jenna, two questions before we kind of get you out of here. Who will be the star of camp besides Josh Allen, that person that everyone wants to come and see? We'll start there. I mean, I think it's kind of probably a split between Von Miller and Stefan Diggs, just because those are the biggest other stars on the team. I mean, Von Miller's career speaks for himself. Stefan Diggs, some of those catches, some of those touchdowns, I mean... I, I think they're both personalities in different ways. But when you talk about like who other than Allen people want the autograph of, I mean, Stefan Diggs and Vaughn Miller are, are going to be at the top of the list. And, and two, it's like, it's just really neat that they're going to be there and they're a part of this bills team. And I mean, Vaughn Miller coming to the bills. I don't know if you guys remember, but like, I remember how I felt when I saw the news, I was like, Whoa, Vaughn Miller is joining Buffalo. You know, like that was a huge sign to around the league of like, all right, they're all in, they're doing this. So I think that's going to be someone that is just really cool. Obviously, Bills fans are used to seeing Stefan Diggs already in a Bills uniform. So Von Miller will be that that extra guy that I think fans are just going to go crazy over. 
Okay, and then a prediction. Who's going to be the player that will be on everyone's radar following training camp? All right, we had this discussion on Buffalo Plus. I personally am very excited to see Khalil Shakir. I just want to see what he can do. I've heard amazing things from people around the league. Like, I'm curious what that will be like in terms of what he'll be for the Bills. Now he's a rookie, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Cook, the running back, I think people will be very excited for him because, like I talked about, I mean, I think that they want some more, uh, you know, (laughs) presence from that position. And I think uh, when a a draft pick is someone they're already going to have a lot of eyes on and then just – yeah, when no one's uh, playing defense, it's really nice to break off a 90-yard run, you know, stuff like that that, like, catches people's eye. Um, so I think that's somebody. And then Tavon Austin is another guy that I think obviously has a lot more history in terms of the game. But at the same point, um, I think he has a lot of personality. I think he made some pretty nice catches when he was at minicamp. So I think that's another guy that might grab some people's attention out there. But I think uh, a lot of the attention will be on Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and those big-name guys that we talked about. And it's going to be a fun year, though, because the Bills are back in Rochester. The expectations literally could not get any higher. And we know it's it's just going to be this year all about Buffalo. I was having a conversation recently um, with another reporter in a different market, and he told me that he was talking with an offensive assistant coach for the team that he covered mm-hmm. uh back at minicamp and it was just kind of shooting the, the ones if you will and yeah. um he basically said people are going to be scared to play the bills defensive line this year like that's the vibe in the league right now and Which, of course it's von miller right yeah like yeah but i don't think enough's been made about some of the other players that they've brought in i was watching that video that the bills put out the other day of ed oliver and tim settle it was a goofy video yeah oliver was playing the guitar and they were be- the vibe in that room is going to be totally different like the von miller joking around about wetting his be- wetting the bed as a kid yeah. and he was joking around and he got one of the other guys i can't remember if it was oliver somebody said yeah i wet the bed too and then he was like oh no i didn't really wet the bed but good <laughs> to know that you did there's this looseness and oh by the way that's not even involving Shaq Lawson and jordan uh, jordan phillips who yeah. i think bring a whole nother looseness dynamic to this line yeah the upside for this group is that should be off the charts as well. I mean, we're talking about Josh Allen, like off the charts expectation. I have the same one for this defensive line. Well, and think of how long we've, we've gone without saying that, you know, Jerry Hughes was one of their most disruptive guys last year. Like, and Jerry had a fantastic career, obviously excited for him to be back in his home state of Texas. But like that was I think what was holding this team back in some ways, but just that inability to get consistent pressure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's my, I mean, I've not covered any other NFL team, but I'm always struck by how much the bills get along with one another. And I'm always just, it, it's just such a different feel to, I mean, I've covered other teams obviously as well, not in the NFL, but just other sports. And I just feel like that's so unique. Maybe it's because it's Western New York. There's like, you know, it, it's a blizzard in like November to March. Um, but I always, I think that always bodes well too. And I think that's a piece of going to camp is like, all right, you're all together. You're, you know, in this separate space, you're playing cards, you're getting to know each other, you're building the foundation of a new team and a new year. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also are going to have 
what can this defensive line do? And that's something that's great looking forward because we just haven't been able to say that in a couple of seasons or even longer than that. This yeah. has been awesome having you on. Uh, I, I've been really jacked up about Rochester. Like whenever everybody has like, like family, friends, yeah. um, people like on our baseball team, they'll come up and be like, Oh, you're getting ready for camp. Now you have to go and stay up there. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Oh man, how's that? And I'm like, I love it. Like yeah. outside of the, like, of course, like living in the dorm room has, it's like by, by the third week, I'm like, okay, this, this is yeah, good. That's everything else about it. I love Rochester. I love the dynamic of camp, having a training camp without fans. I don't ever want to do that again. So yeah. knowing what's coming and now knowing that it's, it's fully back to normal with autograph sessions and the fan games and everything. I'm so pumped up and you got us more pumped up. So great job. All right. We're so excited. I feel like the city, the area, like we're so ready to have everyone back. And I just think it's, it's going to be such a celebration of like where this team is, where the community is. And just like, honestly, the vibes are going to be great. So I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Before you get out of here, uh, a couple things I want to, I want to get everybody uh, to do like our channel and then go over to Buffalo plus like their channel, subscribe to both. Yes. That way, when you subscribe, you get a little ding every single time when we're going live. So you can watch all the shows. It's great content. It'll, uh, um, you know, we're going to fill you up here over the next couple of weeks. You're going to be, you know, we're talking about garbage plates. You're going to be absolutely <laughs> stuffed on Buffalo Bills content. And so, uh, Jenna, let them know where they, what you guys got going on, where they can find you, everything like that. Oh yeah. Be sure to check out the Buffalo plus YouTube channel. Like you mentioned, we have a lot of fun over there. Then you can follow Mike Catalana, Dan Fates and myself on Twitter. My handle is actually my name. So it's right there. We keep it easy for you. Um, we have plenty of coverage. If you're in the Rochester area, be sure to watch 13 Wham ABC. That's channel 13. Um, we'll have plenty of records coming up from camp. Again, we'll be there every day like you all. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're just looking forward to it. And as always, we appreciate I appreciate you guys having me on because I just think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll we'll spread this. I know I keep saying like the good vibes, but I know it's just so many people are looking forward to this summer and camp is right around the corner. Jenna Cottrell, get some sleep. You're going to need it. <laughs> you guys Friday. too. <laughs> yes, we will. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here, one half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, here today to talk to you about Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. First of all, Value Home Centers. You can shop online anytime, valuehomecenters.com. You can also join 
uh, its text program. Um, text value, V-A-L-U to 80692. That's 80692. And you will be entered to start saving even more. You'll receive exclusive coupons, weekly deals, and so much more. Valuehomecenters.com for more details. Ryan, let's get everybody up to speed here. We got 176 people watching, most of them on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook and Twitter, thank you. Hit that like button, subscribe on YouTube. Friday night, where does everybody got to get to? Resurgence Brewery in downtown Buffalo. Have to be there. Matt and I will be having a live podcast starting at 8 p.m. It is the start of their Bills Appreciation Weekend. They have something going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Matt and I will be there to kick things off. They have a new beer they're going to be sampling and a lot more. I'm looking forward to it, Matt. I don't know about you. Um, I am so pumped up, dude. I mean, so how this came together... Um, Ryan went to the Josh Allen, uh, appearance, a resurgence, resurgence about a month ago, uh, spoke with the owner and texted me after the event and was like, met the folks at resurgence. They're awesome. They love us to do a show there, like coordinate a show there. And we're like, cool, let's do it. Like, we're always trying to get out into the community, meet as many of you as we can. And I went out there last week to kind of check out the digs. I've been there many times. I, I knew what the place was like, but I wanted to just see tech-wise what we could set up. And, man, I'm so excited for it. Check out this lineup, Ryan. So we got me and you, obviously. Then we're bringing in heavy hitters. I tweeted out a joke yesterday that uh, it's fitting that this week was the home run der- derby because we got uh, the big bats coming out uh, on Friday night. Josh Reed, Channel 4 Sports Director. Jeremy White, co-host of the morning show over on WGR 550. John Scott, Spectrum Sports, uh, Buffalo, and then Del Reed, the Bills Mafia OG. Dude, it is going down on Friday. It's going to be a massive training camp preview. All the thoughts, all the emotions, all the beers. It is going to be a great time. Yeah, I can't wait. I go way back with Dell, obviously. Uh, I've known him for a long time. Excited to see him. And then obviously excited to see uh, all those other Bills media members that we've gotten to talk to over the years that we'll see at training camp. So uh, Bills fans, if you can be there, join us live. If you can't be at Resurgence, obviously watch the podcast. We'll be streaming on all the same platforms that we usually do. We'll be here on YouTube. We'll be on Facebook. We'll be on Twitter. So make sure you are locked in Friday night, 8 p.m. What um, We asked Jenna a little bit about this, Ryan, but going into training camp now, who do you think is going to be the guy that everybody's talking about on August 15th that maybe... I don't want to say they're not talking about now, but not nearly as much as we're probably going to be on the heels of a huge training camp. I'll go one on each side of the ball. I'll start with Jamison Crowder on offense. Uh, I, I know the Bills weren't as involved as heavily out of the slot last year as they had been in, in Cole Beasley's first few years. Uh, but this is someone that's been very productive out of the slot in his career, and he's entering a situation with the best quarterback of his career. And, you know, we've already mentioned earlier on the show, you have so much attention that's going to be paid to Stefan Diggs. You have so much attention that's probably going to be paid to Gabriel Davis coming off uh, of that playoff performance that he had. Dawson Knox. You have to account for the run game, and obviously Josh Allen can hurt you with his arms, uh, with his arm and his legs. So I just think Crowder's that guy in the slot that's going to get a lot of run, get a lot, a lot of opportunity. And and no disrespect to Isaiah McKenzie, I think he's going to get his opportunities too. But Crowder, I feel like isn't getting talked enough on offense, defense. 
Daquan Jones. I, I think that this is someone that the Bills have been missing the last few years in the middle of that defense. Uh, stout run defender, someone that's going to open things up for the linebackers behind him, allow them to make more plays. He's going to make life easier for Ed Oliver next to him. And then that D-line as a whole, I think, is just going to be uh, so much better with Von Miller, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle coming off the bench, Ed Oliver, uh, you know, Greg Rousseau in year two. I think that you're going to see a little bit of a leap there in his play as well. So really looking forward to both of those two players specifically. What about you? I'm going to get into mine in a moment, but I thought this was a cool little side uh, conversation we could have here. Who do you guys think the fans will want to meet the most? Who do you think is going to have the long lines uh, at, mm-hmm. at training camp? I think the longest line outside of Josh Allen, obviously, is probably going to be Stefan Diggs because Von Miller is like a superstar, right? Like he is so big time. But look, when he signed with the Bills, one of the first things that he said was like, it took a guy recruiting him as big as Mr. International Stefan Diggs. I mean, guys in the league, look up to Stefan Diggs, idolize Stefan Diggs. So I think the, the grace period that's existed between when the bills traded for Diggs to when fans really can kind of have access to him is just going to create this just, and he's so good with that side of it, right? Like the interaction with the fans, the back and forth. I think he'll have a lot of fun with it. The, the viral moments, if you will, I'm going to be, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be glued on any Diggs fan interaction because I think it's going to be, Really interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, real quick with the autograph ten spills fans. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, you want to get in line pretty early for that. They announce they usually have a sign out who will be signing later that day. They do cut off the line at a certain point, so you know it's in practice that you usually want to get in line. Um, but I, I agree, it's it's those two players specifically in terms of the autographs. I, I think for fan interaction, I think Isaiah McKenzie name I've already mentioned is, has become so popular on social media. Uh, for his antics. I think that a lot of fans are going to want to meet him. And and if you don't get in the autograph line, as Jenna mentioned, the players go around and they sign after practice. So if you're sitting up in the bleachers and you you have the kids with you, have the kids go right to the front of the bleachers, sit down there with whatever they're trying to get signed. The the players are outstanding about that. You might not get everyone, uh, but obviously the the players are doing their best to, to go around and sign as many items as possible. I'm so excited for the kids like as a father of obviously two kids but my son who's like of age to really like understand the those those moments with professional athletes the stuff that josh allen has talked about right like when he was growing up in san francisco huge giants fan he would go to the game and if a if a player would wave him coming off the field or whatever it just there hasn't been that the last two years and so now we're going to get back in that environment and it's going to be this just electric feeling of two things happening. Number one, the wait for this from the fans to have a team that has this kind of expectations. It's been building for two years, right? Last year there was this excitement, but training camp was, you know, they had a couple practices at the stadium, but it was nothing like what this is going to be the access uh, in terms of that. And then also how good this team is like, that's going to merge together. The energy at St. John Fisher University, Ryan, it's going to be unreal. I agree. Another question here in the chat that I liked, Matt, who has the most to prove in camp in your opinion? It's a great question. The more and more I think about this particular question and Hey, if you're in here watching, hang out. I just got a text message from Andrew Galarno, food editor of the Buffalo news. He's coming right up. 
miscommunication on the time. We're getting them in. We're getting after it. I'm so excited for this segment of the show. So stay tuned. You're going to love it. If you're coming to a game, if you live in town, he's going to really take us into the Buffalo food scene. You're going to want to check this out. But I've been thinking a lot about AJ Epinesa and the season that he has staring him in the face coming up here. Ryan, I think he could be a very bad training camp and preseason away from not making this roster. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not predicting that. Like, I like everything that we heard from AJ Epinesa during the spring. You know, talking about going to Florida, moving in with his sister, uh, which took a lot of the side work off of his plate. So, you know, meals were taken care of for him. He went back to like, you know, high school life, right? Like living with his older sister who kind of took care of him a little bit. He wanted that again. He went down to Florida. He found a great workout uh, situation. Uh, the, the gym that he was going to, he feels like he's in a great place physically, mentally, health-wise. His body's in the right spot. All the chips are on the table for him. So if you're talking about a guy that needs to prove it or you're going to lose it, he's in that spot. They have guys that can play inside and outside across their defensive line. I mean, dude, go back and watch two years ago, that Washington tape. Tim Settle was an absolute monster rushing off the edge, rushing off the edge. I mean, he can play one tech in this league and the dude can get it done on the outside. So if AJ Epinesa doesn't prove something over the next month and a half, there may just not be a role for him. Yeah, I think that's a great option Uh, in in terms of a player who's a lot to make this roster, but I think has a lot to prove out of the gate. It's Kyrie Elam. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on him to either be cornerback two in a situation where Trey White is is able to play sooner rather than later, or he's fighting for cornerback one, cornerback two, along with Dane Jackson. Uh, either way, there, there's high expectations on him to come in and perform right out of the gate as a rookie. In terms of players fighting for a roster spot, uh, it's Zach Moss at the running back position. Listen, they have Singletary who hit his uh, stride late last season. They drafted J- uh, James Cook. Zach Moss was not drafted that long ago in the third round, uh, has failed to live up to expectations, was coming off of a pretty serious injury one year ago, but he needs to have a good camp to show that he should be that third running back, to show that they should make some kind of role, carve out some kind of role for him. Wide receiver Marquez Stevenson needs a big camp, a lot of drop issues. The speed's there. That's the trait that I think the Bills would love to have, someone that can get behind defenses uh, but if you can't catch the ball consistently, one, you're going to have trouble getting on the field, and two, you're going to have trouble making this team. I know people are going to hate on this, <laughs> but it's a huge preseason training camp for Cody Ford, right? I think we're going to get to the last week of August, and there's going to be a lot of people changing their tune on Cody Ford. Mm. I'm calling that now. It's a little bit of a hot take. I've been on the Cody train for a while, and I know a lot of people get really upset about it. I just think that everything that he's done over the last, since the start of last season, turning off his social media, moving away from like the noise of it, something that I think can really creep in on a young player. Like that could really affect you. He's talked about like going, bouncing around all these different positions, dealing with the injuries, all these things have been kind of working against him. I think he's done a really good job at stiff arming a lot of the distractions out of the way. And now he's been able to focus in. It seems like personally, like if you follow him on Instagram, it seems like he's really happy. He's really content. And talking to Aaron Cromer four weeks ago now, the thing that he kept coming back to whenever I brought up Cody Ford in the interview was the kid just hasn't been healthy. And you can't really 
over explain how important just that factor is in a young player's development. And now that he's been healthy, he's been able to go on the offseason program that the Bills put him on. He's been able to train the way they want. He's been able to get his body right the way that he wants. And now he comes in here. Sure, Ryan Bates played excellent as a starter last year. But is anybody sitting here, even despite the contract that they gave him, saying that Ryan Bates has done enough in this league? And I'm a uh, – card-carrying member of the Bates Hive, Ryan Talbot. We've been on this train for three years. I was on the play Ryan Bates train long before it happened. But I just think sometimes we're so quick to move on from a player. This was a second-round pick. This is a guy that now has three years of mostly downs, a few ups. He's had a couple good games. Remember his rookie season? I think it was Von Miller who went up against him in a game and said, man, Cody Ford was really good in that game. He gave me some problems. He's had moments. Now it's about figuring that out and 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 a one final push for a starting job. I think he can put push Ryan Bates for that right guard job. Can he win it? That's to be seen. But I just think that there's going to be a different tenor to the conversation around Cody Ford September 1st. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Bates as well, but you make a valid point. The sample size is small. He got an opportunity late last season, and he took the ball and ran with it, and he played really well. That said, uh, you need a larger sample size. I think he's obviously the uh, odds-on favorite to win one of the starting jobs. I think he'll at least get that starting job to start the year, but let's see what he can do over the course of a season, or let's see what he can do early on this year. Can he build off of last year? Far from a, a sure thing based on the sample size that we've seen so far, but uh, again, Brandon. What is this gif you just sent me? The the Cody Ford train that you said you were on. You just sent me. Did you? You just sent. I just got this on my screen. I'm looking yeah. at. It, I'm like, how is yeah. Ryan sending me a gif in the middle of our show? Yeah. It's a literally a gif of a train that is going across the tracks, and in the middle of the track, over a very big mountain, the train falls to the bottom of the canyon. You said you were the conductor of the Ford train, and that's been the Ford train thus far. I didn't know you were going to uh, share that on here, Perino. Right. But no, I, I'm hoping that. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm spicing this thing no, up. You we're are getting into camp time. There's you no, are. there's no, there's no intentional walks this time that's of year, true. Ryan Talbot. But I, I, I am hope that with he the does. High heat. I, 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 you know, Ford coming out. I, I, I liked him as a prospect. I hope he does turn things around here. On a side note, I laughed funny, and I think I just pulled a rib. Oh, we're getting old, dude. I am getting old, man. 40 years old this year. How long you been 44? I, I haven't been yet. I'm, I'm still at 38. Oh, 38. <laughs> when do you turn 40? Two more 2023? years. 24, 24. Damn, dude. I'm old, man. What is happening to us? I'm glad that I just look much older than you, that you felt comfortable saying how long have you been 44? But so thank you for that, Perino. That was the happiest yeah, moment you've man. had all week. It like is where I can shut that down. And and it just brought you to the realization that you're like, man, I got two more years of just absolute 30-year-old bliss. That's right. That's right. right. Speaking of bliss, I see uh, bliss. We're going to go right us to here. We're bringing him in. The man himself. I'm up, so buddy? sorry. It's I, okay. The, the, the truth of the matter is that I was I was holding a baby, a six month old baby, and I'll be honest, time kind of got away from me a little bit. And that's good. You remember all the grips, right? Like my my oldest kid is moving out of town at the end of the month. Actually, I'm driving the I'm driving the moving truck, and um, so yeah, I was having a baby moment. Anyways, I'm here now. What's up? 
I am thrilled for you. And the cool thing about this gig for us is we do a Bills podcast. And when we need to fill 30 extra minutes, it's not very hard. And we have an audience live here that helps us along the conversation. But they've waited because I've talked up this oh, appearance. No. No so okay, listen, <laughs> so, I, for everyone who's hung on, listen, I'm going to try to make it worth your while. I'm an idiot. And, and <laughs> these guys don't have to shouldn't have to put up with schmucks like me. All right, let's go. No, you are uh, a little bit of background. This is uh, one of my mentors. He was one of the first professors I had at UB. Uh, now call him a colleague at UB. It's wild how this whole thing works. Very good friend. Thank you so much for coming on. If you don't follow him, that's his Twitter handle right there at Buffalo Food. Uh, he is the food editor at the Buffalo News and also does your handle on the Instagram. Which the oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, what's the handle the over there? With the kids. What is the handle? Same thing. Buffalo Food. Same thing. Oh, beautiful. I like that. See, when you have cohesiveness across platforms, it works. Um, yeah. So let me ask. Let me start here. When I reached out to you with this idea, were you like? I roll or were you like, I love doing this? Like, because I'm, I can't imagine, I get asked a lot about when people are coming to town, where to eat. I can't even imagine how much you're asked that question. That's why I wrote an article about those specific things. And you can find it on the Buffalo News website. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is Google Andrew Galarno's favorite five chicken wings. And it's, so that article has, which was originally prepared, I think, for the NCAAs, mm -hmm. uh, was... Top five recommendations for wings, weck, and fish fry. Of course, pizza is a whole separate issue. We can talk about that, but like I, I just send people that URL. It's still good. I mean, um, in the end, when we're talking about making top lists, I, I think we all just need to breathe for a minute and like respect that. Listen, you, you're going to love what you grew up on. What you were imprinted on as, as a child. I mean, me, I grew up and like the highlight of like life was when we could get uh, cheese and pep from Bocce on Bailey. I mean, mm. look, and so am I always going to think unless something drastic happens or they screw it up that, that a different pizza is better? That's unlikely. I mean, the pizzeria down at the end of your road that you grew up when you were a kid and like you you knew your dad was going to bring home a pizza and you knew how many kids there were in the house and you knew how many like down to the pepperoni, how many pepperonis you were going to get on how the math worked on all the slices. OK, you're going to love that for the rest of your life because nothing will ever taste that good again because you're never going to want it and wait for it that much. So, I mean, I think everybody, you know. The, the, the whole, this is better, that is better stuff. I mean, look, I think we should all have our own opinions. And, and my opinion doesn't have to agree with yours. You should love what you should love and you should own that. If you're a person who like is kinky for pineapple on pizza, go forward and pineapple your pizza. I mean, I ain't going to say shit. Oh, wait. <laughs> yep, it's allowed. And now uh, you're good. Yeah, you're good. I don't say anything about it because it's like, look, I, I'm tired I, I'm tired of hassling people for, for, for what they love. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, 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 I can, I would be happy to debate pros and cons of pizza slices, chicken wings, fish fries. Um, and, Cause I have, you know, I, I believe in these things uh, with a passion and, and I, I believe in discussing the, the relative merits, the pros mm -hmm. and cons of different preparations. But 
to try to hold out that there's like one god emperor chicken wing in the world, it's 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 tiring. I mean, <laughs> would you love that chicken wing? Hell yeah! All right, go to town. I mean, Jesus, you know. All right, we're gonna get to pizza and wings in a little while, but I think one thing that is common is that people come to town, and for instance, I took a friend of mine. Um, to Taqueria Los Mayos last week. And when they went, they, they grew up in Buffalo, lived here most of their life, left, never went, came back. And we kept talking about going there. And finally I did. I took him there and he was blown away. Like, like, you know, I mean, when you walk in there, when you eat their food, it's, it doesn't take many bites to realize that this is special. What are some of those other places for you? Like we, we've talked a lot about Taqueria Los Mayos. I talked about it on the show, but are there a couple other spots, maybe different um, style foods that where it's not just pizza and wings when you come to Buffalo, there are other really good spots of other different kinds of styles of food. Um, <laughs> as I told Alton Brown, if you, you know, if you get beyond the usual Buffalo standards, the thing that Buffalo has that almost nobody does is Burmese food. Mm. Um, Buffalo, the city of Buffalo is more than 3% Burmese by population. And people are always like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, the, the federal resettlement programs, uh, a lot of those people open restaurants. So there's the West Side Bazaar at 25 Niagara Street. Sorry, 25 Grant Street. Excuse me. They're expanding next year. The West Side Bazaar is to a larger spot on Niagara Street. But for the time being, 25 Grant Street, um, they're closed Mondays and Sundays. But um, you go in there and you can find, among other things, um, the, the only dim sum. That's the little dumplings and stuff. Mm-hmm. The only dim sum offerings in Western New York that is actually made on premises. It is my understanding that all the other places that are offering dim sum are to some degree using product that was trucked up from flushing or whatever, which doesn't mean it's bad or poisonous or anything like that. I'm just saying it's not as good as what you can find at, at Westside Bazaar, which also has one of the only sources of Ethiopian food. Mm. Uh, definitely the only South Sudanese and some like, like brutally honest Thai food. So that's one spot, 25 Grand Street. I would recommend for Burmese food, either uh Rakapur restaurant, which is downtown in the 300 block of main street, like right downtown. It's in um, the same building as that Monami French cafe right across from mm. the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, tea leaf salad, uh, Burmese curries, noodle salads, things like that. Um, so things that aren't necessarily, you know, of the Asian persuasion, um, for Central American food and some of the gosh darndest sandwiches around, um, there's a place in Sanborn called Tortuga. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. No. It's, it's Central American food and, um, some sa- sandwiches and uh, fried potato treatments that are absolutely worth your time. Now, this is sort of like sandwich stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys want to talk about a little nicer stuff too, or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah throw it absolutely. Out. Okay, so right now, um, places that absolutely have my hair on fire, or what's left? Of <laughs> Ryan's too. Ryan's yeah. too. Two things. I see the glare, baby. Um, <laughs> the little club. Um, the okay. little club is on Hurdle Avenue. It's across from Resty Lombardo. Okay. Uh, it was opened by the uh, junior 
the juniors of the Lombardo family. So it's kind of like it's his dad place across the street with the, you know, a million pastas and the huge veal chop and the tableside Caesar and all that nice stuff, fine dining. But across the street, things are, um, man, they're just a little lighter, brighter, uh, more vegetables, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of really good dishes in the uh, sort of eight to fourteen dollar range. So, like, you can try a couple different things. You don't have to like go all in on something like that. Really impressive. Um, the another place, which is unfortunately only open for lunch, uh, is Detondo, which used to be Detondo's Tavern. It's at three seventy Seneca Street, right down the street from Chefs. Mm-hmm. Detondo has gone from like the sort of dark. Tavern, uh, Tavern Classics, Fish Fry, Sausage Sandwich. Uh, they did Spaghetti Prime, too. Um, so it's Detondo now, and the difference is that the person cooking is an Italian chef, like Italian from Italy chef. He's, like, from Ooh. a place in Italy. Lomb- Lombardy is okay. a, it's part of Italy. Anyways, and he's cooking the sort of Italian food that, um, honestly, nobody else in Buffalo is doing right now. Um, light simple, uh, not a lot of heavy sauce, not a lot of, 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 you know, pouring, putting pork on stuff and like that and utterly transcended tiramisu. The other thing about this place is that nothing on the menu is above $16. The $16 is like some of the nicer house-made pastas. There's a braised pork dish from time to time. Um, here's the only problem. Sorry. It's only Monday through Friday. 11.30 to 2 p.m. Sorry, daytime lunch only. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem. But eh, they're, they're trying to do what they can to stretch the hours. So um, those, are some of the, those are some of the really cool. Oh, one more thing I should mention, because I just saw this on the Book of Faces today. So <laughs> two of my favorite joints that I got together. So um, I think I, I take the position and I will defend the position that the best barbecue, especially for beef brisket overall in Buffalo right now is Southern Junction. It's a takeout only place at 27 Chandler Street. Go to Southern Junction. You sign up. You tell them what you want. And you go pick it up. Um, they're also they've also started doing selling meals uh, as plates uh, during some events there. But on Wednesdays through July. Southern Junction is going to go over and set up and sell their barbecue at Community Beer Works on Ooh. 7th Street. So, like, all the Community Beer Works, <clears throat> beers, and, like, hangout, and Southern Junction food. I just thought I'd mention that because... I was told that Community Beer Works has one of the best unsung burgers in Buffalo. I've not had it. But I've I have had good. the burger, and I say it's a fantastic one. Uh uh, very briefly, first of all, it uses uh, grass-fed beef, Ooh, uh, okay. which tastes, I don't know, beefier. It does. And um, so they use Play-Doh Dale beef, and they're using uh, a fresh roll made by, I'm glad you mentioned this, Dopest Doe. That's awesome. <laughs> Dopest Doe is this bread company run by, I don't know if you know this, like Joe White was a rock and roll. I mean, I'm not going to say star, but he was in a band that got paid to play around the country for numerous years. Mm-hmm. And um, when he had to stop because he needed to get tendonitis repair for his wrists, because he was a bassist, um, part of his uh, therapy 
was to mold Play-Doh to like get your wrist strong. And he was like, well, why don't I just use bread dough? And he turned it into this whole business. And now he's going great guns. He's got a shop in East Aurora. So he's like from rock and roll to bagel master. It's, it's pretty baller. Also at community beer works besides the buns for the burgers. He, uh, he's also responsible for the sourdough, uh, bull, uh, or bull is a round loaf about the size of a soccer ball you cut it in half and they do uh, bread bowls with that stuff. They tear out the guts, toast the things and then stuff it with dip and stuff like that. Wow. So a lot of hidden gems right there for us. Now, I was just going to shift the topic real quick, but uh, if you wanted to finish anything up, feel free. Uh, nope, please. Okay. I, I could so, go on forever, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you said, you know, you like what you like and own it, but there's always the great wing debate in Buffalo and, and you know, trying to come up with a, a top three, a top five, it can be, uh, challenging with larger groups, but we thought we would try it tonight. For me personally, Barbill is at the top of the list. Uh, something about, I love something, first of all, about their blue cheese just in general, but then the, the Cajun honey butter barbecue, that is my go-to wing there. Uh, I love Elmo's as well. That'd be up high on my list too. But, you know, in, in terms of your top five spots for wings, where would you go and, and maybe why? Well, look. <laughs> my my five are not going to match your five, and if they did, the world would be a boring place. Mm. I grew up eating Duff Sheridan patio. I also own a Duff shirt, mm. but I thought it would be a little rude to wear it on this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, so I go to Duff Sheridan patio. Uh, I go to Elmo's for double dip Cajun. Um, I go to Nine Eleven Tavern when I'm not in a hurry. And I can wait for as long as it takes. Because yep. you're at Night Living Tavern, you got to wait as long as it takes. I've been pretty attached to the McCarthy's wing, but Gene McCarthy's, you know, old first ward. But um, my my top recommendation to people these days for like visitors to town, they have one shot. They have like time for one meal, and they if, they, if you want uh, real. Buffalo wings and whack in a tavern setting, Kelly's Corner, every time. If you want to feel like what it's like to be in a Buffalo tavern and actually get good food. I mean, so and them. Do I have to defend them? I mean, why can't I, why can't I, why can't my love just be pure? No, so Kelly's it absolutely can be. Kelly's Corner is a hidden gem. I've been there now, I would say, four or five times. John Scott and Heather Prusak are huge fans of Cali Corners. They introduce me. Um, every time we do something for Channel 4 for the Buffalo Kickoff Live, we usually go there after. So I've had their wings now multiple times, and each time I've gotten more and more on board. Um, so I think that that's a great call. Let me ask you about this recent flare-up, Wing Nuts. Yes. Which – have you had them first of all yet? Yes. Do you so I deal with, I deal, with know. I, deal, I deal with the subject of wing nuts in another article where I outline what I would suggest are worthy sub variants of the buffalo wing worthy of recognition. Uh, the Cajun double dip is a sub subtype, subcategory, subspecies. A buffalo wing. It's not a classic buffalo wing. It's they did something else, but it's related and delicious, but distinctive. And they did something to it. I draw this distinction because I reject 
that just putting a different sauce on a wing makes it different. Oh, great. You have like, you know, blueberry peach sauce and you put it on a wing. Congratulations. You didn't invent anything. You put a sauce that was different on a wing. So, so I did an article on what I, I call the, you know, trenchant subspecies. And one of them is wing nuts because wing nuts is a coated wing. It's not a buffalo wing purely described, okay? Is it delicious? Yes. I've had them. Do I like them? Yes. There's plenty of other occasions in which I will take the occasion to take, you know, what's essentially fried chicken and dunk it in sauce and eat it. Why not? It's delicious. <laughs> now, um, the guys from Barstool Sports came into town and declared it the best chicken wing in the universe. God bless them. They're entitled to it. They can call it whatever they want. You know, I don't have to agree with it, but I mean, I'm not there to knock it either. I mean, it's a distinctive wing that was successful enough that the business, the entire wing nuts business was purchased by um, the Munch Buffalo people. And they are basically going to be the, the, uh, the couple that did wing nuts in the first place are still going to be working, but they're going to be working for somebody else doing wing nuts. Look, I, I I'm not a guy who argues with success, you know, it's working for people. Um, just don't try to make me call it a Buffalo wing. So if we're talking the Buffalo wing, we're talking Duff's, we're talking nine 11. I mean, we'd be talking anchor bar, but well, let's be bar bill. And I mean, anybody who makes like a straight, you know, a straight up Buffalo wing, which is the majority of places. Do you uh, like, I mean, I don't love medium wings at barbell. I only get the honey butter barbecue. Well, you do have somewhat of a reputation for being finicky. <laughs> oh, we do we want to open that door? So Andrew has been to my house Come I think two occasions to cook me and my wife and, and guest dinner. And as he asked me like different things, ingredients that I like or foods that I like, and I come back and I say, no, the level of disgust, I, I really can't get it across on this podcast, but it, it it's there. It's palpable. That's why I've learned to negotiate with your wife. Yes. That's that's where you always go. Always go there. Um, so the wing nuts thing is cool. Uh, I actually know one of the owners of Munch. I was I did a, I was golfing with him recently and he uh, was telling me about uh, this kind of on the horizon. Uh, so I have not been to Munch yet, so I'm really excited to go check that out. I've not had wing nuts yet either, so I'm excited for both of those. Let me things. just make clear that um, the wing nuts business that was purchased by Munch so if you want the wings, you have to go to the Niagara Falls mm. locations. It's all on munchbuffalo.com. There's two locations. You cannot get the wings yet uh, at 700 Military, which is uh, the froth brewing location of Munch originally. So mm -hmm. if you want the wings, it's on Amherst and Niagara Falls Boulevard, not, at, not on Military Road. Indeed. Oh, is there any off the wall outside of Kelly's Corner that you want to throw out for people that are coming to town? Let me ask you that first, then I'll ask you the second part of the question. For Is there any other wing places that you're like, you'd add to the list of got to try to have it at some point, or if you're near it and you see it, it's a great option. Well, yes, I can go on. Um, down in, I believe, Hamburg, Mamosers, Mimosers. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, yep. They have a distinctively like uh, fired up and dry style, which I really kind of like um, the yelling goat Lancaster. Um, they're making uh, a chicken wing that they're seasoning with 
Ethiopian spices, a Berber spice mixture. Hmm. It's the only leftover when the same restaurateurs used to run uh, an Ethiopian restaurant. The only thing that's still Ethiopian in the restaurant is these chicken wings. And I they think they're darn tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, at Falafel Bar, um, the Mediterranean place run by an Israeli chef on Sheridan Drive. Mm-hmm. He makes uh, – he fries chicken wings and then he uh, coats them in a um, Yemeni green – hot sauce which is like a really spicy pesto um it's all fresh it's uh fresh uh herbs and green chilies and stuff and coriander and he tosses the wings in that very distinctly different um you know i i like them those are some of the ones i think that you know i think those are the ones that particularly come to mind um, for me, I want to throw one more out there. Ryan's actually had them. Um, so it's kind of a two part sunny reds. We've done a live show before they're awesome wings. They have like their specialty is the Eric wood wing, which is kind of like a Parmesan again, not in the traditional Buffalo wing category, but it's delicious. They do a really good job cooking them. And then also Mulberry, which is, it's one of those restaurants that I think it gets the hype because the Bills players go there, Bills folks. And then also, um, you know, it's one of those like staple restaurants. Like uh, what's the the chop house is often mm-hmm. suggested for people to go to. But I think Mulberry, like it lives up to it. Like when you go there, you have you eat everything. It's good. They have a secret menu. They make wings there too. And they're phenomenal. We had wings in there one time. Oh, I got to bring up one more. Um, Mulberry. You got to ask for the wings, I think, or at least you did last time I was there. Mm. Really good. Have you had, Andrew, the wings at Imperial? Well, sure. Okay. They have a wing. It's called Loganberry Barbecue. Yes. Have you tasted it? Yes. Did you love it as much as I did? No. I felt okay. like I felt like it was gonna give me the BDs. It was a little too, it was like a way too sweet for me. Right. And I also like the honey mustard. Uh, double dip barbecue at Elmo's. So I am a little bit of a sweeter tooth. Yeah. I mean, you're a guy who can't decide whether to have ice cream or dinner. It's okay. It's no problem. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's shift gears. Cause I brought up Imperial for a reason. Pizza spots. Yes. First, your thoughts on Buffalo pizza, because as a food connoisseur, I mean, Chicago deep dish, New York thin slice. I mean, there's a lot of taste for pizza. Um, I am partial to Buffalo pizza. I like a thick crust. What I mean, like? look, I mean, there are, I, 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 in the right context, like all the different styles, if you're going to say which style is triumphant, again, it comes down to personal taste. I, at this point, um, I can't find any better pizza in Buffalo than Jay's Artisan on Delaware. And I've written about this, like his pizza has actually been selected for like, to make a top 100 in the world list for Neapolitan style, which is not Buffalo style. Okay. But I'm just saying that excellence extends over to other things he's doing there, including he does a Detroit style. So um, I love Buffalo pizza. I grew up on Buffalo pizza. I told you about Bocce's. So if I, you know, if I say like, who is my, you know, my Buffalo pizza champions, my, my, where am I, where am I going to detour out of the way and pass other pizzerias to go buy a pizza there? It's going to be Bachian Bailey and the whole genre, right? Imperial, which was started by two Bachis guys. Right? Yeah. You know that. Lovejoy, right? 
honestly, Macy's pizza, but hang on. I don't, I'm not as kinky for his like Instagram, like, oh my God, I never thought you'd put, you know, that on a pizza as yeah. I am just the straight up cheese and pep. There you um, go. Cheese and Agree. pep from Macy's. You're not into all that chicken finger, burrata, hoopla. Okay, fine. You know, pull up, pull up some cheese and pep. And one of the Niagara Falls places I really enjoy is uh, Buzzies on Niagara Falls Boulevard in Niagara Falls. Just something about uh, the way they do it. It's not, it's not a thin crust. It's not really New York, but they, they you know, a little cornmeal underneath to get the, uh, a nice golden brown bottom. I don't know. So those are some of my favorites. Um, I got one more for you, and then I'll let Ryan ask the last one, and we'll wrap up. Or one thing to add, pizza-wise, um, we lost a couple goats of pizza over the last – 15 ish years. Leonardi's, which was very bocce style, was one of my absolute favorites. We lost them. And then years before that, we don't, we don't speak of such things. Okay? Yeah, I know. It's do you remember hurts. too soon? Remember, too soon. Yeah, it's too soon. Do you remember Milano's? It was on Parker and kind of in Kenmore. And it was connected to like a banquet hall. And the banquet hall, I think, stayed open a little longer. But Milano's was, it was in the heart of Kenmore. Like right, like if you went over one more street, it would have been Main Street. Um, it closed would have to, years I would, ago. Like, I would have to years that one did not make a much of an impression. I mean, there's just a million pizza places. I'm not. You're right. It there's wasn't good. I'm just saying. I just never. I mean, that's the thing about pizza places, right? You got to pick one. You got to find. Like, decide. Like, okay, this is going to be the place, and you want to be able to like get to that point with your pizza guy, where like you call him and he he knows who you are and he knows what you want. You don't even have to tell him. He's like, all right. 45 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And you want a place that just dials it in and just nails the button that you want nailed every time. That's why people, you know, that's why people find a piece of place and they stick with it. Right. I mean, you, you want reproducible results. You want reliable satisfaction. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great point. So Andrew, where are the best parts of town to stay for the optimal food experience in Western New York? Like if you were deciding where to pick a hotel, um, yeah. knowing that most people listening to the show are probably factoring in getting to the game. So like Niagara Falls is probably not ideal. Uh, getting to the game. You mean the hockey game? The football game. The lacrosse game? <laughs> they play football here? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're talking about like South Towns, I mean, is it? I, I mean, can you, st- my, my question is, is downtown ideal to hit all these spots? Like, do you just want to stay downtown? Do you want to I mean, stay? I've had people ha- have a good time in this regard, uh, staying a-, a number of places. They, it benefits from the fact that, you know, Buffalo is 20 minutes. You're 20 minutes from everywhere, allegedly. I've had people stay by the, uh, not so much by the airport, honestly, but like the Amherst cluster by UB North. Um, also, people like staying uh, on Delaware there's a couple of hotels between well, there's a couple of hotels south of south of North Street is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's easy walking to a lot of downtown stuff. Um, you know, pizza places a little less. Uh, but you can get if you were on Delaware, you'd be able to get around to like, you know, Kelly's Corner, you'd be able to hit Lovejoy, you know, just in terms of those kind of places. Uh, fairly easily. I don't know. I don't think there's a perfect answer for that. There's not like there's one good spot to stay. You just have to, 
you know, map out your food ahead of time and decide what really matters to you and then make your plans accordingly. We've given you the great introduction to Andrew Galarno. If you didn't know about him, follow him right now at Buffalo Food on Instagram and Twitter. Let everybody know where they can find your work. Uh, give yourself a little plug, what you got going on, anything you want to, everything, anything you want them to know. Well, um, my work is published on buffalonews.com. I usually put everything out on social media. So if you follow at Buffalo Food on Twitter or Instagram, I'm also on the Book of Faces along with your grandma. Um, <laughs> so um, I also should point out that when you see my handle, um, I'm the kind of food writer who wants to hear from people. Uh, like, are you looking for something? Uh, is there a dish that you're looking for, a type of food? Like, I, I, I try to offer myself as a public resource, a concierge for Buffalo's restaurants, whatever you're looking for. You know, I'll, every week somebody sends me an email and says, um, what do you got to recommend for a table for six uh, for people who are gluten free, who want to eat on a Wednesday night on a patio? You know, and I'm like, OK, well, you know, and I figure it out and I send it back to him. Like, I'm here to help. Um, Buffalo is a city where you should never waste a meal. And I believe in that. And I want to help. I love it. Speaking of wanting to help, we're going to help you out and get you over to value home centers right now. Uh, they get one of the best rewards programs in, uh, all of Buffalo for one of, uh, you know, the local shops, you know, get yourself a new tool, get yourself something, uh, you know, if you're trying to do a job around the house, uh, sign up for the rewards program. You'll get extra deals, coupons uh, in their weekly ad. They'll take care of you. Andrew Galarno, thank you so much for taking the time out tonight to do this episode. It was a lot of fun. It was good to see you, buddy. Uh, right. Enjoy your week. Stay hungry, guys. We will. We'll stay hungry. All right. For Ryan Talbot, Andrew Galarno, I am Matt Perino. We'll see you back here. Don't miss it. This Friday night, Ryan Talbot, let them know where they can be, what's coming. Resurgence Brewery, Friday night, 8 p.m., Bills fans. Be there, meet, meet up with Matt, myself, some other uh, Bills media members, and more. They are displaying the Bills Zubaz throne, which they had out for that Josh Allen meet and greet uh, NFT event. So you can have – Are you see sitting that in that? I did not in sit in that. No, you, I, I no. Did, did you did request not. that as your seat? For oh, the I didn't know. No, but I, wow, I'm sure I'm it'll be out there for for yeah. everyone to see and to sit in. So Bill's Appreciation Weekend, be there. All right. For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. I can't wait to see you, buddy. Live and in person. When we get together, we have a good time. See everybody Friday night. Take care. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.